Mel, and you're listening to My Rough Draft Podcast, where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women, and each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of My Rough Draft Podcast. First, I want to thank everyone who listened to last week's episode and visited our 2020 Career Development Services page. Thank you to everyone who shared it with your friends, whether it was on social media or word of mouth. I know that there was a tiny glitch on the Career Services Inquiry page for those of you who were trying to submit an inquiry, but I'm I'm here to say that it has been fit. Sorry for the inconvenience. So if you or anyone is interested to end those career development services, be sure to visit our website. It will all be also be listed in the show notes below. Second, if you are on our services page, you might have also noticed some business development and freelance writing services that I provide to um, those who are trying to either start a business or trying to um, try different things out within their business. So a lot of some people ask if those services were also available and the answer is yes. For the first quarter, I'm focusing on people that are trying to focus on their career and their job search journey because the job search journey is a process. So I'm trying to go ahead and get them started on that. So that's what I'm promoting publicly. However, if you are interested in having some content writing for your business or you just need some business consulting for your business, then be sure to check that out as well. So, all right, that's a lot. So that's enough announcements. Um, Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. For this week, you are definitely gonna need a pen, paper, notes app on your phone, whatever you need, because this episode is very dense and there's a lot to cover and I'm gonna go really fast. So um, yeah, let's get started. All right, y'all. So again, this week we are talking about navigating the interview process from start to finish. I know that we all know in our heads that we need to prepare for an interview, but a lot of times we still go into interviews blind because we either don't know how to prepare. We don't know what questions they're going to ask. We don't know who's going to be in the room. And so even though we know that we need to prepare, we often don't know the how to prepare. So today I really want to share with you the resources that I have personally used for myself and for others that can kind of get you started and over prepare for getting that securing that offer so number one your interview prep begins when you start writing your resume and your cover letter so your your interview prep doesn't even begin when you get called for the interview it really starts when you start writing out your resume and your cover letter if you missed last week's episode then go back and listen to that first before you come here but for your interview you want to be sure to prepare detailed examples of how you completed a task activity or project related to this related to the job description and you want to be sure when you're answering interview questions to use what I call the star technique s-t-a-r is not my technique is widely used across people who interview. But anyway, you want to be sure to use the STAR technique, and I'll talk about what that is. So again, last week, we talked about tailoring your resume um, and using key accomplishments and keywords that are directly tied to the job description and how you want to list that out in your resume. Well, you also want to list them aside in whatever notebook or paper you want to use for your interview prep, because you're going to need those same accomplishments and those same examples for your interview. 
interview. Same thing with your cover letter. As we talked about last week, your cover letter needs to provide specific examples and tell the story. You want to also um, have those same examples on the side so that you can also use them in your interview. Why I'm saying that you need to have all of those examples listed out is because many interviewers and, and companies use what we call targeted selection interviewing. And I actually, um, in my last company, got certified to conduct targeted selection interviews. And so essentially, um, targeted selection is more so behavioral based or what I personally call like example based interviewing. So questions. So instead of the like typical, like, tell me about yourself questions, um, those and, and you will still be asked that question. That's the first question. But <laughs> um, those interview questions will more so look like, tell me about a time when you did this. So like, tell me about a time when you had to use teamwork to get a project done. Tell me about a time when you receive negative feedback and how did you handle it? Um, Tell me about a time of when you had to deal with a difficult co-worker or a difficult customer and tell me how you handled it. And so with targeted selection interviewing, you're going to be asked to provide real life examples of, again, how you performed a task and activity and a project that's either related to the job itself or it can be also about generally how you handle certain situations. So how you handle fast paced situations, how you handle stressful situations, how you handle difficult situations. And so you're gonna have to provide those real life examples. That's why it's really important to go ahead and list those examples out while you're writing your resume and cover letter, while you start looking through the job description and thinking about what you've done that that ties into what they're looking for. You wanna start writing those things down because you're gonna be asked to use those specific examples in the interview. And even if the company or the recruiter doesn't specifically use what we call targeted selection, you still need to be able to provide those specific examples. Now, obviously when you're interviewing, your time frame is limited. So we're not gonna spend an entire hour <laughs> telling one story, right? So a technique that you need to become familiar with when it comes to responding to interview questions is again, the acronym STAR, S-T-A-R. The S stands for situation, the T stands for task, the A stands for action, and the R stands for result. So star, situation is where you wanna briefly describe the situation in one to two sentences. Task is where you want to briefly outline the task that needed to be done. Action is you want to outline the action that you took um, with that situation. And then you want to list the result, the R. What was the final result of the situation based on your actions, the A. So for example, let's say a recruiter asks you, um, on this job, our clients have very high expectations. And it's the job of our account managers to ensure their experience with our company is excellent. Therefore, this job can come with challenging demands. Melanie, tell me about a time when you had to deal with a difficult client and how you resolved the issue. So that's the question, right? Tell me about a difficult client that you had to deal with and how you resolved the issue. So how you want to respond to that with your real life example as an answer, you want to answer that in the star format. So situation in two to three sentences, briefly describe what the situation was of how you had to difficult, how you had to deal with a difficult client. That situation, task 
task. What was the task that was laid before you based off of the client's issue? So that's what that's the next part. Then action. What was the action that you took to resolve the client, the difficult client's complaint? And here in the action, you want to be sure to highlight what you did, not what the team member did, not what the manager did. You want to highlight the action steps that you took to resolve that issue. And then result, you want to outline the result of how your task and actions resolve that situation. And that's just a very, very high level example. Um, I in my interview coaching or whatever, I go in detail about specifics that they can use. But again, situation, what happened, task, what did you need to do, action, what did you actually do and result, what was the result? So that's a really good, key way because again you don't have all day long to answer the question so you want to drive home how you get the job done and using that star technique is what can help you do that efficiently and also effectively so in summary point number one is that you want to prepare for your interview by coming up with specific examples that one apply to the job description two show how you have the fundamental skills necessary for any job so you wanted to show you want to have examples that display leadership skills, how you take initiative, your professionalism, how you provide quality work, how you work well on the team, how you pay attention to detail, those generic fundamental skills that are needed for any job. You want to be able to also have specific examples for that as well. And you want to prepare your answers to the interview questions using that STAR situation task action result format. Okay. Now, again, you want to highlight how you did the action, not others. Again, many times in interviews, we're tempted to say, oh, my team helped a client do this or my manager stepped in and and helped me with that. But again, your interview is your time to shine. So we're not just blanketly talking about or telling a story. We want to be able to tie in how our actions actually help the situation. So just be sure to highlight what you actually did. Now, if this is completely overwhelming, and I've lost you already. Again, I do interview coaching um, as one of my services. So if you're interested in prepping with me, if you have a huge interview for a job or for a school or graduate program, um, you know, be sure to hit me up and I can definitely help you with that. All right. So that's number one. Number two is you can also prep for your specific interview by researching or literally Googling typical job questions for your position. You can also go on YouTube and a lot of times they will also have interviews for your particular position. So if you're really good at talking on the spot, you may not need to do this, take this step at all. Me personally, (laughs) I am not great at talking on the spot. So taking these additional steps really helped me prepare for the questions that that I I may be asked, especially when it comes to panel interviews and you have a lot of people throwing a lot of different questions at you. Again, you may not be able to know verbatim the interview questions that they're going to ask, but if you can prepare yourself by kind of getting in the mindset or the mind frame of the job description um, and what questions can come with that job description, then it can really help you prepare for that interview. Um, You can also go, um, another thing that I've done and, and then that I do for clients is that you 
can also go on Glassdoor and um, and or Indeed, and you can look up the company. This may not work for super super small companies, but um, for for small to mid size to large companies, you can go on Glassdoor and Indeed and look up the company. And a lot of times, they will also like current and former employees will leave comments um, about like the interview process or just overall the job culture and how they like the job. And it can be really really insightful so be sure um, when you're looking at when you're trying to apply to a company that you also go on Glassdoor and or Indeed I think Glassmore may be a little more detailed but you'll go on there and you'll be able to see what former employees and current employees have to say about the job as well as the interview process so that's a really good free resource as well um, another thing that you could do is you could also reach out to employees on LinkedIn that may have similar job titles to see if they have insight into how you can stand out in the interview and what to expect this does take an extra step and you don't necessarily have to do that if you're afraid that like it may jeopardize the you know the you applying which I don't think it will because at the end of the day the the last thing that they can do the worst thing that they can do is just not respond to you Um, but it's still good even if you can take that extra step to go on LinkedIn find someone with a similar job title at that company and just ask you know how you can stand out in the interview that's a really good tool to use as well. The bottom line that I'm trying to drive home here is that you have to do the prep work. You have to come prepared, okay? So whether that is, again, practicing out your questions and answers, writing them out and and practicing them out loud, or, you know, doing all that you can to know what to expect, whether that's going online or reaching out to people individually, but you wanted to do, you want to do the prep work and you want to come prepared. So now that you have prepared, you're ready to go. They're about to call you for the phone interview. You're about to walk into the in-person interview. What do you do next? So number three, from the phone interview with the recruiter to the final interview with the executive, we have to make sure that we are consistent, that we know our audience, and that we ask appropriate questions. So when you're doing the so when you're doing the screening phone interview it goes well and the recruiter calls you back and says you'll be meeting with John Doe, Jane Sue and I don't know Bobby Wu um you need to know <laughs> you need to know their titles so you need to know who you're going to be talking to so you can either ask the recruiter you know who is the next interview with or again you can get their names and look it up on link look it up on LinkedIn but when you're being asked questions and you're asking the questions because you never want to leave an interview without asking any questions. I think that's common knowledge, but if it's not, be sure to ask questions. Um, But when you're doing all of that, you need to understand who you're talking to. So for example, when you're interviewing with the screening phone recruiter, you need to know what the what the when the recruiter is reaching out to you for that phone that first initial screen they want to make sure that what you said on your resume <laughs> is what you actually do so you can highlight parts of your resume and again provide those specific examples based off of his or her questions um, when it comes to asking the recruiter questions for that initial interview you, for that initial phone screening interview you want to be sure to express interest and really, really, really have high energy. So you want to ask what their interview process is. You want to ask what the hiring manager and team are really looking for. You want to ask if he or she can provide additional detail into the role or to the work 
culture or to those overall questions about the company. That's where you want to ask those questions to the phone recruiter. And then um, the, again, the key with working with this recruiter is that you wanna have high energy, you wanna really sell yourself and you also want to be memorable. So when this recruiter then goes and debriefs to the actual hiring manager after talking to you know tens of maybe hundreds of people, they can remember you and speak well of you because you have, again, you were consistent, you asked the appropriate questions, you had high energy, you expressed interest in the role and you know they they went and 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 relayed that information to the hiring manager but now so the phone interview process is done now it's time for you to actually go in person and meet with the manager and or the team members. So when you're doing that, you wanna be sure to go beyond your resume, right? Because at that point, these people have already looked at your resume, they have already talked to the recruiter, and so they have a little bit of knowledge about who you are. So in that in-person interview, whether it's one person or a panel, you really wanna go above what is in your resume and in your cover letter and really highlight those additional key examples that we talked about. So for example, when you're interviewing with the actual manager or the hiring manager, this person is going to be your leader, right? So you want to emphasize, know your audience. You want to emphasize how you get the job done. You want to emphasize compliments um, or kudos that that your former boss or former leaders have given you. You want to ask what he or she is looking for in an employee. Um, And again, the manager that they're hiring you, they're paying the expense to hire you. They want to know that you're in it for the long run. So you can even ask questions questions like, um, you know, what is the strategic vision of the department over the next three to five years? And how does this role play um, a factor into that growth? Um, What are the current gaps in the department and how can my role potentially help with that? You can ask the leader again, what are your expectations? What are your pet peeves? What are, um, are there, are there any questions or concerns that you have about my resume? Um, but the last question, if you don't ask any other question, which you need to, but if you don't ask any other question, the last question that you need to ask is what is his or her timeline for filling the position? Because you're going to follow up. We'll talk about this later, but you're going to have to follow up and you want to know the timeline in which you need to follow up without badgering them. So you want to be sure before you leave to ask him or her, what is the timeline for filling the position and what are the next steps in the interview process. Now, when you're interviewing with the team member, so again, these aren't your, this isn't your leader, your manager, this is your team members, and whether that's a separate panel or within the interview, then you need to be asking the team members, this this is the time where you want to emphasize how you're a team player to the team members. So this is how you can kind of talk about how you collaborate well with others and things like that. So questions you can ask the team members are, you know, explain to me or ask, Ask them, what is a typical day in your role? Um, what are some of the highlights of your job? What are some of the areas of improvement for the role for the for the role or for the team, if any? You know, what are you guys really looking for in a team member? So again, you want to know who you're talking to. Okay. <laughs> I cannot express that. I cannot um, emphasize that enough. Know who you're talking to. So when you're so you've done that, you talk to the hiring manager, you talk to the to the team members. Now it's time for you to have that 
that final interview. Maybe it's with an executive company executive or a senior leader. That's probably that that manager's boss or or whomever. You want to know that they probably don't know the ins and the outs of your specific day to day responsibilities, right? And that executive is probably a little more focused on the bigger picture of the company. So you want to emphasize how you connect with the overall vision and mission of the company. You want to ask how your role plays into the bigger overall vision. You want to do your research. So maybe if you can even learn about maybe recent events, most companies have like a news um, page where you can see recent events within the company maybe, and you can ask that executive follow-up questions about it. But you're not going to ask the executive about the typical workday because he or she probably doesn't know. So your questions to the executive will be more big picture focus while also emphasizing how you plan to commit to the bigger picture by excelling in your current job opportunity, okay? So again, when you're talking to those executive level people, you wanna keep it high level, keep it big picture, but then also tie in how your um, accomplishments and how your contribution to the role can tie into that bigger vision, okay? So what I'm trying to drive home here is regardless of the audience, you want to be consistent. You still want to maintain that high energy, that high um, professionalism throughout the entire process. So even if the screening recruiter calls you and they're super friendly and they're super relaxed, that doesn't mean that you're relaxed. You show up and you show out with him or her on the same level that you would talk to the executive. When you're interviewing with members on the team, just because they're comfortable and they're chopping it up doesn't mean you're comfortable. Now, I'm not saying that you don't want to vibe with them or like relate to them, but you still want to keep it professional because at the end of the day, they have the job, you don't. So you want to dress to impress and you want to make sure that you navigate the conversation professionally. So now that you've prepared, (laughs) you came to the interview and you conquered, you got through the initial phone interview, you got through the panel interview, you got through the final interview. What do I do What do you do immediately after the interview? And that brings me to number four. You wanna make sure that you write a thank you letter within within the business day, okay? Yes, so when it comes to writing a thank you letter, yes, you can use any template to write a generic thank you. They are not hard to find. And you can actually, you can either leave the thank you letter in person with them after before you leave, or you can email it after to the recruiter or to the manager, whichever is your preference. However, I want you to secure the bag before you walk out the door. So of course, you know, I'm going to ask you to take an extra step. So of course you have the generic, thank you for meeting with me. I'm really interested in the position, but I really challenge you to take it even a step further. Um, you can, you can even if it's just one or two sentences, you can say, I particularly enjoyed discussing XYZ part of the role as I think it aligns well with my aspiration to do ABC. You can add just a little bit of specifics to let the recruiter, the manager, the team member, or the executive know that you are particularly interested in that specific job. Again, because you're probably not the only person that they're interviewing with, and they know that you, that that you're not the only person that they're not the only job that you're interviewing with. So you really want to drive home your interest in that specific role and not just be generic. So. 
in my 2020 career development services, I include like literally the perfect thank you letter template that it that can easily and quickly be tailored and customized. So, um, and this template comes with any of my services. So if you are interested in that, again, be sure to book a service with me. And finally, after you sent the thank you letter, you wanna know what you should do next. And of course that brings me to number five, which is follow up. Since you've already asked the recruiter and hiring manager the timeline, then you should know when to expect the call or an email for next steps. So when that week comes, you need to send a follow-up email to the recruiter and the hiring manager inquiring about the next steps and whether or not they've given more thought as far as proceeding with you as a candidate. Now, you do not want to hound the hiring manager every single day. Okay, I know that you want to be persistent, but you don't want to hound them. You want to be still be respectful. So what I typically recommend, this is not for every situation, but for typically what I recommend is that the first follow up email or call should go to the hiring manager and the recruiter, Um, maybe even a second follow up. But any more follow up other than that needs to go straight to the recruiter. Again, you don't want to bombard the hiring manager, but the recruiter is probably more so um, used to getting a bunch of follow-up emails and calls and they're kind of the ones that are in charge of kind of navigating that being that they serve as kind of the liaison between you and the hiring manager and so you can send probably more follow-ups to the recruiter but again you kind of want to limit that that first or second follow-up to the hiring manager and then after that you can continue to follow up with the recruiter as far as how long you should follow up Mm. It's hard to say. I typically say that I follow up until I get a no. Um, So again, I'll send out that first or second email and then I'll continue to follow up with the recruiter until they say, you know, unfortunately we have already filled the position. You can also go online to that same application to see if the position has been filled. Um, But I I typically like to follow up pretty consistently, not badgering them, but, but still being persistent and letting them know that I'm still interested. But the key here is that you, you want to follow up because you don't want to get comfortable just because they said, oh, we're really excited or we really enjoy meeting with you. Um, you don't want to get comfortable because, again, you want to assume that they say that to everyone. So that's why following up is is very, very key. So finally, number six, the biggest question that I get is what do I do in the meantime while waiting for a response? And my answer to that is always going to be the same thing. You're going to get the same thing from me. And that is to keep applying, keep interviewing and know that nothing, hear me clearly, nothing is set in stone until you have that written offer letter written written offer letter in your hand. So yes, it's incredible to start getting callbacks. It's incredible to get encouraging feedback, promising feedback, and you really think it's going to turn out for your favor. But do not let up until you have the offer you want in writing. Do not stop applying until you have accepted the offer. Do not, hear me clearly, do not put in your two weeks. (laughs) 
do not put in your two weeks until you have your written offer letter in your hand. You understand what I'm telling you? And honestly, sometimes if even if like you have the written offer letter and you still have to go through like, you know, the background check, the all all the other preliminary stuff and there's something that may be in question, <laughs> then again, you want to wait until it is secured before you before you put in your notice. You do not want to start slacking on the job and just saying pretty much forget it because I'm moving on to bigger and better until <laughs> until you have that offer in writing. And, I, and honestly, really, you don't want to slack at all because you don't want to burn the bridge because you need to also secure that recommendation letter so that you can even secure the job. But again, there are so many factors that come in with the offers. You have to get recommendations. You have to do background check, drug tests. You have to, um, all the preliminary stuff, they have to verify your work experience. So if you're lying on your resume, know that they do call and verify the years that you said that you worked there and your title. So that just throwing that out there. But all of that preliminary stuff has to be done even after you accept the offer. So um, I may do another episode or in another form or fashion of talking through like how you can navigate that. Essentially, my short answer is don't do nothing until you have the offer letter in your hand and you want to conduct business as usual. Keep applying, keep looking at other opportunities until you have confirmed that final opportunity. Okay. So that's it for today's episode. In short, in summary, this whole podcast in 10 seconds, over prepare, provide specific examples, know who you're talking to, follow up and maintain business as usual until it's time to move. So eventually on the podcast, I want to talk through again I want well one thing I definitely want to talk through is salary negotiation and what to look for when you are accepting and declining an offer um, unfortunately I did not get it get to it in this specific episode but I want to be sure that I am actually answering the questions that you have when it comes to job searching so what I'm going to do next week um, even though it's a little bit behind schedule <laughs> next week I'm going to do a Q&A on all of your job search related questions. So it can be about job searching, networking, interviewing, salary negotiation, what you should do while waiting, all of that. So if you have specific questions and need a free answer, listen, Y'all better take y'all better take full advantage of this free resource. If you have specific questions and need a free answer, then this is your time to ask them. So, to send in your questions, you can um, you have the following options. So, you can go on my Instagram underscore Melanie Christina um, at underscore Melanie Christina. You can DM me. Um, you can also email your questions to the Rough Draft Collective at gmail.com. You can also go to the Rough Draft Collective and leave a comment on this blog on on the blog post so I don't know if y'all know this but every podcast episode I also write out in the blog post form on our website so you can again go to the website click on the blog post that that is about interviewing and leave a comment with your question Um, or you can go to our website and just go to our general contact page and leave a message with your question the links to all of this will be in the show notes below but I want you to send me all of your questions and I am going to answer as many 
many as I can next week. Y'all got seven days <laughs> um, because after this episode, we're going to move into interviews and story time, which I'm super excited about. So anyway, don't be shy. Get your questions answered so you can make leaps in your career this year. And um, another slight announcement for those of you who are in a job that you like and you're just looking to see how you can maximize your current job or how you can develop your career further without necessarily looking for a new job. I haven't forgotten about you. Um, I'm going to do a series on that as well. So if you like questions answered in regards to your current job, you can still send those to me too. If I can get to some of them next week, I will. Otherwise, I'll save them for the next career series. So be sure to send in your questions too. And as I've mentioned before throughout this episode, I do offer personal career coaching and writing services. So if you need a resume, cover letter, help with interviewing, or just direction in your career, check out our services. And that is it for this week. I'll see y'all for next week's Q&A. I love y'all very much. God loves you more. And I'll see y'all then. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on My Rough Draft Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now, do me a favor and please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also, be sure to head to the roughdraftcollective.com where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one-on-one services, and more. Thanks again for listening and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.